Hello, I'm Marina Johnson, and this is Tablework, a TAPS podcast series where we interview the artists and theater makers behind our productions on what it takes to get their productions from the page to the stage. Our first episode is with guest artist and director Idris Cooper Onifawashe, who's directing a cast of undergraduates here at Stanford in our fall main stage, Parentheses of Blood, by Sony Labutansi, which is currently rehearsing and opens in the Harry J. Elam Jr. Theater, November 17th, 2022. Idris, I'm so glad to be with you today talking about Parentheses of Blood. Um, my first question for you is, how would you describe Parentheses of Blood to someone who's never heard about this show? Okay. Um, I think uh, it's been described as a farce and a satire. Okay. I would add dark to that. It's a dark farce and a satire. Um, absurdist, I would also add to that, in the veins of Beckett okay. and Ionesco. It, um, re- it's a bit relentless. And so the story centers in itself in an unknown African nation that is under authoritarian rule. And um, the it follows a group of soldiers who are sent to assassinate the rebel leader, Libertasio. Wow. Libertasio, uh, the name indicates what his freedom fight is all about. Yeah. And, um, but the problem is that he's already dead. And so it, what follows is a relentless exercise in authoritarian violence and military rule that um, illuminates, uh, I guess, a lot of what is going on around the world today, including maybe even in our own country. Yeah. But oh. it is an African play. It was written by a Congolese playwright, Sonny Labutansi. So... It's a bit difficult to describe unless you're familiar with maybe um, European uh, absurdist comedy. You might have something notion of what you're in for, Mm -hmm. but plays like this don't get done that much on our shores. I think um, if you think of Genet's The Maids, Mm -hmm. it's a bit like that in its its way around in sense of humor. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. I love yeah. the, your use of the word relentless, too. Yes. Um, yeah. What is your history with this play? Okay. Um, I'm glad you asked that question. So this is the third time I've directed this play. Wow. And the third time I've directed the play in university setting. So each time I've directed it, it has been with university students in the university under the guise of university theater department um it was uh i introduced to me through judith miller who's heads the french department at nyu who was at uh the university of wisconsin madison at the time when i was in graduate school in the university of iowa and uh i went to see it because i was studying african theater and i was just consuming whatever i could yeah and it was in French, and it was something that I felt of an affinity to. I felt that it was really funny, and I guess my background is with the San Francisco Mime Troupe. So I have a background in this type of theater, and political farce is something I have always been drawn to. 
And so I, I wanted to know more about this, this play. And I spoke to Judith Miller about it. I spoke to uh, Sandra Barkin, who is the graduate dean at Iowa, who's also an African theater expert. And the minute the play was released in English, it was translated by Lorraine Alexander. I was, I got a call from all of them. They were like, your play, your play. And that year, um, I did the play. So I think that was around 2006 or five. And it was at Naropa University. And I subsequently did the play at Indiana University. And uh, it was always my swan song. I was always being thrown off the campus <laughs> with one last play to do. And so um, I would do this play. And I always I told my cast, always uh, met with the wrath of the institution who somehow thought the play was about them. Uh, but I, honestly, I chose the play because I think the play has something to say about, I think it's a great warning call for um, freedom. It's a, it's a cry for freedom, but a warning call against those who would limit freedoms. And it also exposes the, the futility of war and, and uh, the damage it has on the most innocent people who are, are just trying to live their lives and have the ramifications of war encroach upon them, endanger them, move them out of their homes. And people are just simply trying to like live and eat and build families. And yeah. so this is part of what attracts me to the play and um, I felt at the time that it was a play you could do every year until people got it, until people really woke up. And it's kind of, I think uh, as a um, socialist political theater advocate, I think we do think of the, what play, for many it's the mother, right? Mm -hmm. there, there are always the political texts that live on and you know um craps last tape those yeah. yeah so this became one of an oeuvre of political plays that i'm forever interested in because you know times don't unfortunately change that much um i'm drawn to the work of dario fo a lot of what i find in fo interesting i find about sony labutansi that they're writing under the most authoritarianist imperialist regimes and they're doing it in a way that the authorities can't recognize so it's kind of funny that authorities where i've done it have have thought they recognized themselves in it when that was really wasn't the intention but then sony labutansi did it and it was the intention and they failed to get it it passed censorship just as dario post face often did so that is my interest. And the other reason I do the play or I chose the play or I continue to choose the play is that uh, I'm interested in, in understanding more about absurdist comedy mm -hmm. and understanding more about this play in particular. There's not I don't understand everything that's inside of it. I think I understand a lot more than the first time I did it. But the first time I did it, I thought, I don't know anything about this play, but I really like it. 
And so directing to me can also be a way of understanding a play, of really digging in and opening up what you don't know. That's so exciting. Yeah. And because you're doing it with college students, and they're different students each time, I'm assuming that that collaboration brings something different to the room each time and informs the play differently. Yeah, it absolutely it does. So this cast is not anything like the cast from Indiana, nor was the cast from Indiana anything like the cast from Naropa. So the Naropa students, I believe, chose with me this play. And uh, we were studying anti-imperialism hmm. and uh, colonialism and decolonialism. We were studying in Kugiwationgo and a lot of uh, Edward Said and huh. yeah, Roland Barthes and all those guys. So um, it was it was aligned with their studies mm -hmm. in a way that we really got to dig deep and thank God because that was my first time doing it. And so we all dug in together. Yeah. At Indiana University, we had different resources to look at the play. There were uh, professors in conflict and comparative literature who were interested in the work, who were interested in the work of Sonny Labutamsi. There were some French literature experts who were, who were, you know, agog that we were doing this way. And so I got help with that. They looked at the translation. We talked about some things that could be different. And um, the students were probably furthest, furthest away from uh, the life of the characters in the, in the play itself, uh, being Midwestern. But not all. I tend to attract on college campuses international students a lot. Maybe it's due to a lot of the work I do is not steeped in a cultural genre, but more steeped in a theatrical genre, like yeah. absurd. I do a lot of satire and absurdism. Okay. And um, that is what I find here at Stanford. It's no different. Um, this The cast is very, I would say, globally centered. So uh, we have people from China, Sri Lanka, Wow. The United States, India. And uh, I think, therefore, there are there's a little bit more familiarity with mm -hmm. the world and also with being able to own the character's psyche and uh, play them without the, the busyness, I would say, of, of, the, of American theaters, um, how do I say this politely? Chokehold <laughs> on realism. That's as polite as I can put it. Yeah. Yeah. So the, that realism and the strangled hold it has over American theater, I am so one to break. And I think that's part of what we hear when we try to open up and people talk about different voices and mm -hmm. the lack of diversity, a lot of the resistance to that is verisimilitude or it's, mm -hmm. you know, the the need to find realism or to promote realism in theater. Right. And to me, I'm very much interested in theater's own language, the theatricality 
of a play is interesting to me, not how close it is to real life. I'm more interested in how more absurd it is, how farthest away it is from anything that we can imagine. I'm very fond of, of playwright Robert O'Hara's work, and he was a mentor to me as a director when I was uh, when I was working as a director through TCG's program, and I've directed several of his pieces. But and he came to Naropa to direct a play and work with the students, many of whom did Parentheses of Blood, and they worked on a play of his. And he had a saying that I continue to let ring in the room. He said, "I will not be limited." by your imagination. And that is my mantra, and I want to give that mantra to everybody. Do not be limited, one, by your own imagination, but certainly by someone else's. Definitely. And so the, the plays like uh, Parentheses of Blood, in its absurdism, in its connections to human folly, it allows us, and in its style, it allows us to usurp realism and play theatrically and yeah yeah that's so exciting I think sometimes uh, it's easy for audiences in the U.S. to forget that realism and being steeped in realism is is a western concept yeah, in a lot much. of ways it doesn't yeah. have to be that way so no. exciting to break free from that and yeah. from the training that surrounds that as well exactly yeah yeah I think when people think of uh, a play like um Parentheses of Blood and all of its references to blood and mm -hmm. and mayhem and state violence, that it seems very um, depressing. But I find the opposite to be true. It gives me a lot of joyful energy to play inside these characters. And I think the actors would say that we have a little fun. We have a lot of fun. And it's... It's 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 not clown fun yet. Yeah. It may rise to that level, okay. but it certainly doesn't. Um, it, it it it's not depressing to talk about the material. It's actually enlightening and and refreshing, right? To have it, to look at it comedically. Yeah. Well, and so on that note of the actors having fun and, and rehearsals being a fun space, what does that collaboration look like in the rehearsal room? Um, so we have uh, several other people who are helping me uh, direct the play. Okay. Um, uh, Stephanie Hunt, is the vo she teaches yeah, here, right? She's great. And she's a vocal coach. Mm -hmm. Lots of work mm. with a vocal coach. I mean, as an actor, a vocal coach for me is a coach. Mm -hmm. It's another way in. It's, it's, it's almost as important a voice as a director because you're dealing with text, and yeah. so text is important. Um, we have uh, Carla Pantoja, who is the uh, fight. You know Carla? Yeah. Yeah, so Carla's our fight and intimacy okay. coach. So uh, whenever I do a play about violence or with violence, mm -hmm. I find a fight captain who's not just interested in uh, choreography, mm -hmm. but is also interested in the nature of violence mm -hmm. and um, the world of violence. Yeah. And so that often helps us understand what we're doing. But sometimes you go, okay, I'm, I'm shooting my castmate in the head. 
what are we doing? Like, what are we doing yeah. to each other? What are we doing to the audience so we understand what we're doing, why it's funny, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what the statement means politically. Yeah. That's, I just want to flag something that you said that is so gracious as a director. And I think just, I mean, also illustrates your rehearsal room, but you mentioned that these are people that are helping direct the show. Absolutely. I don't think all directors think like that. I think that there's often this mentality of people coming in and complimenting the work. Well, that... I just, I, I really um, um, have sort of been in on and embraced equity. Mm -hmm. And a lot of talk has been made about equity and I would, and particularly, uh, I had a student who did two howl rounds on designing to, with an equity lens. Okay. And so uh, it's always been something that's interested me. Mm -hmm. It's something I learned from Robert O'Hara is uh, everybody pulls this train. Yeah. Like nobody's slacking and, and also nobody's a star. Nobody's above it all. Right, well, we can all move a chair. We can all say a line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, so that's how I like to work. I like to think of designers. I've always felt that designers were always brought in to attach onto a play as opposed to be part of the creative team. Mm -hmm. And so I was spoiled early on by working one of my first professional directing jobs, I worked with Eugene Lee, okay. the Tony Award winning Eugene uh -huh. Lee. There are two of them. There's a playwright. Okay. I worked oh. with both. Cool. But the Eugene Lee, um, the set designer, lighting designer, uh, Saturday Night Live's productions designer. He's a, he's a very accomplished, wild, wild child. And I was really fortunate that he agreed to work with me. And he was in rehearsal every single day. Wow. And he built the set around us. He built the set in what was necessary and what was visceral. And nothing, he was above nothing. You know, it take, took place in a drug factory, so the entire theater smelled like a drug factory. And so his, his attention to the story really showed me how designers can help you interpret a story as opposed to just putting light on something, you know, giving beautiful things to sit on right. or, you know, yeah. putting light on someone's face. Really shaping a world in a yeah. different way. So consequently, I have a lighting designer that I've worked with for 35 years. Wow. She's lit almost everything that I've ever directed because we have a language together. Yeah. And I and we're working now, work with Roy Tumiak Babiaka, who's mm. also a lecturer here. We co-direct together because we have this language that, it, you know, I find it's, he has a certain sensibility and, um, I would dare I say, youthfulness and energy that he brings that I can't, you know, it's not mine, it's his. Mm -hmm. And, but together, we, we pretty much get as much as we can out of a script, yeah. right? The idea is to, to, to have everything important and so i think if everything matters then design matters all of that matters now i do take greatly the responsibility of my name being listed as director that's a really um 
huge task. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever blame there is will land at your feet generally. So, but, but, you know, I don't think it's helpful to, to direct as if you know everything. Yeah. It's just such a beautiful generative and collaborative and, and generous space that I hear you speaking from. And it makes me even more excited to see this play that's being birthed from this yeah. really collective energy. And I've studied this way. I studied uh, during the black arts movement mm -hmm. with uh, African-American directors and African directors. I studied with uh, African creators uh, like Chuck Mike mm -hmm. and... Uh, uh, Dapu Adelupa in Nigeria, Femi Oshofi-san. These are all popular artists. Yeah. And um, I was part of Lafamania with uh, Solomon Iwanre, who just passed this past May, who created work as we were rehearsing. Mm -hmm. So we were rehearsing. He's literally writing hours before and during and after Wow. And we may get a new scene that goes in, because I was working with a comedy troupe called Lapomania. And he wrote for us, but it was all instant. It was spontaneous. It was collaborative. And so that's how I was trained. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. Um, we're out of time for now, but Great. I'm really excited for this show. And we're so glad to have you at Stanford for this I'm time. I'm really we're happy grateful. that Stanford agreed to do this. I think it's a it's really a unique and special engagement. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, and thank you. This is Marina Johnson signing off. <laughs>